Welcome back to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here, joined as I often am by my colleague, my partner in crime, my, I was going to say my boo-boo to my yogi, but like that's, that's really offensive. So I, I'm glad I didn't say that. Dan, what's going on, man? How are you? A great reference. I'm a big Yogi Bear fan, but uh, Boo Boo too. I'm I'm good. Not much. Well, there is a lot going on, and I think oh that's what we're going to talk about uh, on this podcast today. For me personally, not yeah. a lot going on. School for the kids, work, and all, all the like. But not much. Good to be here, though. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this is one of those shows. I'm trying to remember the last time we may, we may never have done a show exactly like this, but we try to focus on educational trend spotting and future of learning, future of media, all that kind of stuff. But sometimes the world has so much activity in it that we just need to do a show to kind of reflect on what's happening in the world around us. And I think that's what this show is for us. And, you know, we were talking about a week ago about the, the fortune cookie, you know, curse, may you live in interesting times. You know, the Lunar New Year just started too, so happy year of the rat. But it is interesting times. And 2020 has come out like, gangbusters in terms of the the 24-7 news cycle. And it reached such a point that I, I think many of us, I know, I know I certainly am just kind of overloaded to the point where I need time away. So we wanted to do a show about that. Like, you know, we talked last year about JOMO, the joy of missing out, which I think is, is, is something that's been bubbling back up to mind for me. But, but news-wise, we had the, the Kobe Bryant tragedy, which uh, I know, you know, shook both of us as well as just about everybody um, who was impacted by it. We definitely wanted to talk about that. And that's coming right in the midst of the impeachment trial, the primaries, you know, the, the Iowa caucuses and Super Tuesday's coming and what about New Hampshire? And then on top of that, you got the coronavirus. And on top of that, you got other stuff. And on top of that, you got more other stuff. So. So what do you, where, where's your head at, Dan, like with all this, this activity? Well, it, you make the point about there's just so much and you didn't even talk about necessarily regional or local news, like the right. things that are happening to people in New York City or Chicago or, you know, Oklahoma City, wherever you might live. And, and that's part of this all too, is that we get inundated on social media with what's happening in the world. But these are just such large scale stories and right. such uh, newsworthy stories, to be quite honest. Like if you were to even travel back 30 years ago, these would all be front page stories happening. Like these right. would all be situations that would warrant some sort of big top of the mast uh, headline. And they're all happening at the same time. And to your point, it, it feels as though we're at a point where January was a great year of news where like, we've, we've had so much happen already yeah. uh, that it's been a lot, you know, the Kobe Bryant one stands out. I think we've talked before about me being, and I know you are a big basketball fan, big sports fans. Yeah. Uh, but when someone, you know, your age, younger than you passes, that was such a big icon. It's a weird feeling because you didn't know him personally. You, yeah. didn't, you, know, you didn't interact with him, but you did in a way. You, you watched him and you, you uh, were amazed by his athleticism. And then I know we'll talk about this a little later, but also he became a little bit bigger than the sport even after the fact. Yeah. And he became a philanthropist and he became a teacher and, and you could see him with his kids at, at games and that that's where I think it really hit so many people. Yeah. Why it mattered so much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And such a big personality. So um, such a media personality, like his whole life, he grew up as like sort of a yep. singular figure in our media for good and bad. And he def and America loves a redemption story. And he was, 
he was a, a an amazing redemption story, and also he had an element of an anti antihero vibe too, where like he he believed in what he was doing, and he really didn't care what you thought about him and the the so called uh, Mamba mentality, which which I think is going to make the NBA just must. It was already for, as an NBA fan, uh, it was kind of as a Knicks fan. The NBA more broadly is such an yes. incredible product these days that I, that I kind of had to keep watching it. But but this I think is making it even more compelling. But honestly, like I was a little, it was a little too much right away. You know, like I do. You know, it does make me think about the speed with which we're supposed to go through the the stages of Dabda. You know, like we're supposed to like be done with Kobe's grieving process so that we can get on to the next thing. Yep. And I think we all need to kind of take these things at their own paces. And I've been struck also, it reminded me when, when uh, my dad passed away a few years ago, right after he passed, I stopped listening to um, podcasts and audio, like spoken word in my ears. I was like, I just need some time. I need time for myself to think. And I have been struck by that this year. So, and I think Kobe, Kobe's passing probably really is what pushed me uh, over the top. Cause it's not like, it's not like I felt like the coverage was exploitative or too much. It's just, it was too much for me. Yep. And I just need my own sort of quiet so that I understand how I'm doing. And that to me is more the, the learning educational trend that I, I think is really interesting. It's just having control over your feed, like how much input you're ready to take in at any point in time, being able to shut it off entirely. Yep. And then having some control over like when I want to go back in and when I want to really deal with this when I'm ready how do I do it? How do I find the right things? That's definitely probably most profound for me on the, the Kobe thing. Cause it is like losing a family member or, you know, someone you're close to just cause you've been around him so much. Yep. But, but then on top of that, you know, I think the same thing is true for the impeachment trial where like I tried watching a lot of it and then it wasn't particularly valuable to watch, you know, like it, it it's, it's like the new, there wasn't a lot of news really. It was right. just kind of happening. So any thoughts on, you know, being able to control the feed and other, other thoughts on Kobe? You know, we, we basically, you know, we didn't want to not talk about this because I think it, it was uh, a profound experience for us and uh, as well as the other people, you know, Tarlin, who I talked to, uh, Melissa, you know, other, other folks who are on the show regularly are similarly affected, just about everybody, even yeah. people I think didn't expect to be affected. Well, I, I think the story, because of the family aspect yeah. that we saw after the NBA career, I think he spoke to more people in that light. You see the yeah. video of him sitting on the sidelines talking to his daughter yeah. while they're watching the game. Yeah. That's any dad with their kid or any yeah. mom with their kid trying to explain life, like explain except, what's happening. Uh, except maybe not courtside. But yes. right. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe up in the rafters somewhere. But I, I think that is part of why it hits so many more people. Yeah. I do think social media obviously plays a role here and, and he's been, he was sort of at the tail end, but he was one of the digital NBA players. He's yeah. somebody that's been so, as you said, in front of us. Yeah. I will say a couple of thoughts about Kobe and then uh, the impeachment. And I, I do want to preface this all. You, we've talked before about drinking out of the fire hose or drinking yeah. on the fire hydrant. Like yeah. that's, it feels like the, the hydrant's open. You know, we're, we're trying to get all this information and maybe trying to put the cap back on isn't the worst idea from time to time. So right. I agree with you completely there. One watching it in real time will stay with me for a while. So watching the report from TMZ pop up on my Twitter feed and, and having that moment of this can't be true. 
Like this, but we're at a point where TMZ breaks news and if they're going to publish it, they have at least enough information to go forward with it. Mm -hmm. To then go through the process though of multiple erroneous reports about who was on the, the helicopter, who was not on the helicopter, how many people, what happened, that will stick with me as the new normal. The, the fact that we are living through live reporting. Yeah. And I will say two thoughts on that. As a, a journalism student, it's rough. And it, it's their business is completely changed. And they're trying to be first. They're trying to be fast. And that yeah. means facts get left behind. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's rough. And that makes me feel like that's how bad information gets out there. It's the game of telephone. But it's also almost a, a, a real-time grieving that yeah. happens. Because we're all like, it's an emotional roller coaster of his entire family was on the helicopter. Well, no, they weren't. He was by himself. And then yeah. it was his daughter. Wait, there were seven other people on this helicopter. Right. And like, right. it just becomes this sort of too much to your point. Right. Like, I need to check out. I, I, you know me, I don't put my phone down often. I yeah. walk away. Yeah. And like, I, I did the, you know, I'm going to check in on my kids. And right. that, the, the dad girl hashtag was born out of, out of this. Yeah. That was, the other, that was the other aspect that, that I wanted to make sure we talked about. Can, can you give your take on that a little bit as someone who, you know, father of three, three, three girls. And then to your point, like, I think, you know, a lot of the NBA is sort of a, it's like a mythology of manhood and mm-hmm. striving. And it is interesting how increasingly moving away from maybe the nineties model, like, you know, Barkley in the 90s, I don't need to be a role model. You know, Jordan was sort of squeaky clean, but, you know, in terms of his image, but then in terms of the reality, maybe maybe less so. But now it's almost like, you know, we really are expecting the, the luminaries within the NBA to be like, you know, humanitarian, you know, givers. And, you know, Kobe was able to do that in his own way. And I think uh, the main way in which he did that was trying to give back whether it was to like the rising generation of, of athletes, not just in the NBA specifically, but up, but more broadly, you know, he started the, the Mamba Academy, you know, he was very involved in his daughter Gigi's basketball team. And in fact, that was what he was out in the, the helicopter going to a game yeah, travel uh, game, yeah. when, when the, this tragedy struck, I think that in some ways, that was a nice outcome, even though it's was, it was, it was really tragic, uh, particularly losing losing someone so young in, in in his daughter. But but it does seem like it has allowed everybody to sort of hold on to some sense of meaning, some sense of family in response to to this tragedy. Any thoughts as as a, the only uh, hashtag girl dad on the call right now? Any any takes on that? Well, I first I, I forget and apologies the ESPN anchor's name who sort of kicked off that story thread where she shared yeah. an emotional reaction where Kobe had seen her. She was eight months pregnant mm-hmm. and she was starstruck. And yes, journalists can be starstruck. And yes, anchors can see somebody and be like, "Holy cow!" I'm eating Al Pacino, or I mean, like that, yeah. that's gonna get to people. And Kobe Bryant's one of those. And so she took some time to ask him to take a picture. And then he stopped her to talk about her being pregnant and what are you having, you know? And she said, I'm having a girl. He goes, girls are the best, you yeah. know, girl, girls are the best. And he just went through and they talked for a half hour and she, seek out this video. I've shared it. And it's all over Twitter, but then it bore born uh, a, a movement on Twitter of people sharing pictures of fathers, sharing pictures of their daughters and their yeah. stories yeah. Um, being proud of it. And I think as a society, we've grown a lot in many years of, 
men wanting to have boys and women wanting to have girls and how that is what it is. I have been lucky to have three girls. I've been, my eyes have been opened to a whole different world because of it. And that got to me. You know, I, I went through, I would say probably 200, 300 tweets. My, I, I just kept reading. Like I kept scrolling, kept reading, kept liking and just trying to have, to your point, that almost connection with other people who I'll never see nor talk to. Yeah but have that moment of, yeah, you know, me, I, yeah, I, I, I yeah. get it. Like, and, and I think, I think you can get it if you're not a father or mother of a girl, I think you can, uh, you can empathize and you can see it, but it was a really, and again, cool or great or the tragedy matters most, right. but it was a great thing to see social media be for good for right. that moment yeah. um, and be something that brought people together, let them mourn together Mm-hmm. And and hold that moment a little longer, yeah. right? Like it, it it lasted a little bit longer than the fleeting to your point. Yeah. Well, onto impeachment, onto Iowa, onto yeah. coronavirus, onto whatever is on the front page of the next day. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. And as a hashtag boy dad, right, uh, which is not trending nearly as much. You know, it is it is a place to appreciate the the maybe broadening of the understanding of what it means to be a man, and and also as someone who's getting further on in my years too, like there is that phase of like letting go of your young adult, adult, you know, athletic identity. Right. And then embracing. I let go of that a long time ago. (laughs) But but it was nice. I think also beyond the, the girl dad thing, I think there was also the element of Kobe as an inspiration as someone who was able to reinvent himself and sort of, he's, he is a multi-potentialite. Like he, he had the ability to do a lot of different things. And he was just gearing up to start doing some new things. Yeah, there's uh, an investment fund he was involved with. There was, yeah. and to your point about other athletes, he was big in the Olympics. Like he would yeah. go to swimming competitions and yeah. he'd go like he was, he was a teammate and not just to his 11 other basketball teammates, but he was there to be an American and to, yeah. to support everyone, which aren't stories you hear necessarily as it's all going on. And they yeah. come out after, after the fact for sure. Yeah. And I, there's more to the story, obviously. Like, I think in the fullness of time, he was a complex figure. Uh, there are reasons that, that some folks are not big Kobe fans, and they're genuine, and there's more to talk about as the story continues. I d- it does seem like he will have kind of like a, a James Dean, Che Guevara kind of presence. Like, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis got the Kobe tattoos. I doubt they're the only ones who are like – his iconography, his image, I yep. think will stay with us. The all-star uh, game, changing the rules yeah, of the all-star yeah, game. Like to, there's, yep. there's just going to be a lot of that. And I, I think there will probably be some fatigue for some of us around dealing with all that. But but it was something that just kind of, it was like a wake-up call, I guess, because had we not had this intensely human story of loss and tragedy as a counterpoint to the, the spectacle, even as it was part of the spectacle, I think things would have felt a little more empty and hollow. So even though there is some pain in processing the Kobe's narrative, it is a place where like, I think some of the more positive aspects of our humanity is absolutely surfacing. So that's great. But then to round out, it wouldn't be a 2020 spectacle show without talking about the impeachment trial and the coronavirus. Yeah, you said before. You said before about you tried to watch, and I, I will say I did try to watch some of the impeachment. I did watch some of it. I honestly followed it more via people's angry tweets yeah. than I did about, and from both sides. You know, I, I, I try to, to get a, a flavor of, of different 
viewpoints when I'm on uh, Twitter. I'm not on Facebook anymore, so I don't get that, that flavor. Yeah. But I will say this. I think from an educational standpoint, from a civic standpoint, we've talked to Mark Sanders in the past before yeah. about uh, civics. There are lessons here, and I hope history teachers and civics teachers are using what's happening there. Even law teachers are using what's happening yep. live and in person as instructional content because those are the best teachers. Hey, this is what's happening in the real world. Here's what you need to know. Here's how we can think about it in class. Um, we don't necessarily need to get into the politics of it. We can talk about the, the mechanics and the mechanisms and, and how and why this is or isn't working. I will say it is from a voter standpoint, it has emboldened me to make sure I'm involved this year, watching those proceedings and the Iowa caucus proceedings that I, I want to be more involved than I've been in the past, yeah. positively or negatively against any candidate. No, but just making sure that I'm doing my part to, to be involved. Yeah. The spectacle of it all, the theatrics of it all depresses me a little bit. Yeah. Um, like you said, and I, I, it almost feels like it shouldn't be good to watch. Like it yeah. should have that like sort of C-SPAN. Yeah. I'm going to tune in for a few minutes and maybe there's a great quote that comes out of it. I think Adam Schiff from yeah. my personal standpoint was a great uh, orator. And I think uh, Dershowitz did a great job of telling his story of, of spinning his yarns and, and trying to make his case. So they were both interesting to watch in their presentation and how they went about things. But to the spectacle of it all, yeah. it, it was a lot. Like, and it still is a lot. And it, it, I don't know how much it's going to hang. We have the State of the Union into yeah. the Iowa, Iowa caucus debacle to New Hampshire to the rest yeah. of Super Tuesday. So to your point, come Valentine's Day or uh, March 15th or what – how much will we remember? Like how much right. will still be a part of what we're talking about then what's happening as we record this podcast? Yeah. I, uh, I'm not sure. And at the same time, like I do find it uh, rich or uh, maybe ironic. I don't know whichever way you want to talk about it, that there's this sort of the equivalent of wrapping uh, themselves in the flag. There is wrapping uh, themselves in the voting booth as mm -hmm. like, this is what our democracy is. Let's trust the voters. Let's not, it's not, it's not Congress's job to decide. It's the, the electorate's job to decide. And then for the, the Iowa caucuses to be a shit show, to, to, to be crass about it. That's the only, only word that I think can describe it, to be quite and, honest. You know, it's, it doesn't inspire confidence. And it is pretty much all we're left with. And the thing that, the thing that I'm coming back to is like the, the the daily cycle of the of old school news where you would get the paper probably not a lot of like extra extra read all about it you you just get the paper and whatever was news as into up until say 3 a.m the day before got in and everything else you had to wait a day and it had to hit the form factor of the certain number of pages and their editorial choices about what you cover what you don't i think there's a lot of value in that where then you have to partition your time and you're saying okay i can get through the paper in the morning and that's how i'm going to get my information because i think there's this illusion of value for getting something fast when frequently what you get like you become a, the equivalent of a journalist and you're you're like it's a developing story this just in we'll get back soon and it does remind me you know i think we've talked about the the the, the watermelon video that went uh viral you know rubber bands yep uh live stream of these people putting rubber bands around a watermelon because at some point after several thousand rubber bands or buzzfeed yeah i forget where it was but it got like record-breaking viewership because as you got 
if you get in early, it's kind of ludicrous and you start watching. But once you sink a little bit of your time into watching this thing develop, when is, it, when is the watermelon going to burst? You know, the suspense builds and then eventually you can't stop watching because you don't know what's going to come next. And that sort of just draws your attention in. I think that can be really dangerous nowadays because everything is firing off those kind of suspense endorphins to say, if you aren't watching this when the news gets in, you're a loser, <laughs> you don't know what's going on. And like, it's actually the opposite is true. Like if you, if you take some time to lean into your life and you realize, you know, I'll find out eventually, you know, who won the caucus. I'll find out eventually, you know, the, tragically had the nine people who lost their lives, you know, beyond just the celebrities who did. I do think there is some value in the slower cycle time and we want that fast twitch, you know, fire, what, what just came in, did I think, it reminds me of the people in the, the comments, you know, first, you know, yeah. you want to get in there first and I'm just pumping the brakes on first, you know, like I don't, I don't feel like I need to be first. I'd, I'd rather just take my time. So, so I know March Madness is coming. I, I think we got to put Jomo back in because I, I think Jomo. I think it's a strong Jomo, contender. The joy of missing out, the joy of turning, turning off the feed. Hopefully everyone who's listening to this knows how to do that. Just don't turn off your uh, subscription to Trending in Education. But, well, uh, but I, turn off Mike, your feed, turn off your notifications. There's a, it's just better for your brain. You well, know? that's just, what I was going to ask you. Like at, for, from a learning perspective, like if we're meant to be learning from things that are happening every day, right? We're all learners. We're all students of life and trying to, to learn from what we read and what we interact with. We've talked about space repetition. We've talked about the idea of doing, you know, different tasks specifically. If I'm, you know, trying to do work at, at my day job and I'm reading Twitter, I'm clearly not as involved with what I'm doing because I care about what's happening in the outside world. What's happening? What's happening right now? Yeah. It seems like, and we did the Twitter show a few months back around yeah. studying on Twitter. It wasn't a great study, but not surprisingly, it yeah. said it, it doesn't work. It feels like from a learning perspective, it's hard to retain the things that are coming out of the, the fire hydrant. Yes. How do we, yes. grabbing bits and pieces, a couple of maybe droplets, but we're not catching any water. Right. Yeah, 100%. And the, the importance of silence and the importance of quiet, you know, reflective time. That's when your brain consolidates its memories. You know, that's when something you learn needs to be sort of consolidated and filed into your long-term uh, memory stores so that you have access to it later. Best case, you're able to consolidate that, those memories. You know, you take a little bit of time, particularly maybe end of your day, right before you go into bed, you're consolidating your thinking. That is what really puts things into uh, your mind. The other thing that does put things into some sense of clarity at an individual level is talking about them and being forced to, to put forth what you think in a more structured way. So that's where um, I do recommend to others something similar to what we've been doing on this show is forcing yourself to uh, get your thinking together and produce some artifacts that capture your perspective after some reflection whether that's journaling, whether that's doing a podcast, whether that's, you know, doing some sort of artistic expression or what, bursting into song, whatever it is, taking some time to do that, I think is cathartic. It's emotionally healthy and frequently, particularly around something as challenging as, as Kobe passing, frequently it will bear fruit because the, 
the it's a meaningful topic to you and if you can then be vulnerable and express yourself in some way about that thing it may help you reach some some sense uh, of closure so it's been useful for me like I, I think i mentioned i've been taking more walks without sound you know i was very used to listening to podcasts all the time getting audiobooks a lot of inputs and i'm realizing more and more that we do need time to reflect, consolidate, and organize our own perspective on those inputs. And to your point, I think we're woefully under allocating our attention to that aspect of things. And that's where we were talking a bit about the salience network of the brain, but like there are actually different modes of processing that can kick in when you're not in that reactive, what's the latest thing on the feed? How do I stay relevant? How do I get status as it relates to all this? It, it feels like cramming. It, yeah. it feels like, you know, we're trying to cram so much in at all times that only so much can stay in our brain. The studies are out there showing like, yes, you may recall it the next day and you may be able to pass a test for it. And that's, you know, the testing systems we have. And, and we yeah. can talk about that separately, but maybe you pass the test. Recalling that information six months, a year or two years later is going to be very hard because right. of the way you, you absorb that information. It's the same right now. Yeah. Honestly, watching the caucus stuff last night, I probably have a tough time recalling any finite, you know, specific details right. because of how much they were talking about nothing. Like they, did, like they just kept talking about that, that situation. So I, I think I am attempting to make those changes. I have not yet to putting the phone down more and, and yeah. being more focused on what's happened, what's happening around me, taking walks, getting out, you know, not even into nature, just outside, like outside yeah. of those inputs. But I do think it's interesting times as uh, may you live in interesting times. We have the ability to choose what we let in. Mm -hmm. We have the ability to, to shut things off and to step away. And I am one who is, uh, I need it now, news aggregator like I, I just want to know what's going on in the world I'm, I'm refreshing my twitter feed pretty regularly but to your point it's still going to be there in an hour it's yeah. still going to be there in four hours it's going to be there tomorrow you know journalists 100 years ago got things wrong retractions happen the next day right. um, so like the, the, it's still going to exist it's still going to be out there and you're still going to have an opportunity to interact with it right. um, and to be a part of it if you choose or to just let it go by so i think from a learning perspective a personal learning you know social emotional learning we've talked about before I think there's a lot to be at least studied and understood about these times as interesting yeah. as they are and how we interact with them and how social media is playing yeah. a part in it all. Yeah, for sure. And it's something I think we'll come back to sort of like the media criticism side of the show. Like just try to understand what's the best way to consume all of this stuff because we are a trend spotting show. We do want to stay relevant. We don't want to have our head in the sand. But at the same time, maybe a little time, you know, ostriches put their heads in the ostriches, right? Like, yes. They do it for an adaptive reason. Like if right. it didn't work, they probably wouldn't. I mean, again, I'm, I'm buying into Darwin's take on evolution, but, but you know, the head in the sand, like there were other reasons for it. And like, if I could get a nice handy dandy uh, sensory deprivation tank for power naps, I might be, you know, hopping in, uh, you know, three, three or four times a day, uh, just, just for the good of it. You know, I did find Buzzfeed 2016, April 8th, uh, 11 million views since that the live stream and since they exploded a, a rubber band, one rubber, uh, they exploded a watermelon, one rubber band at a time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll, we'll reshare that. And at the same time, maybe we'll try to lean into that and build some spectacle and, yes. uh, you know, crowd surf on the crazy this year. Cause you don't take yourself too seriously. But at the same time, I'd say 
if you're not finding ways to get time away, uh, you're probably hurting yourself. You're like, it's, it's, these things are designed to be habit forming. So I think figuring out how to control your intake and curb some of your addictions, really interesting space for us to, to keep an eye on. Any final thoughts, Daniel? It, there's, there's more to come. And we know that, right? The, the, the news cycle is not going to slow down anytime soon. Yeah. 2020 election cycle is obviously going to continue to ramp up. So I think talking about this now and making decisions now on how to approach that uh, will only be better for everyone. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do that for myself looking forward. And if there are stories that uh, interest you, let us know. Uh, I always like to hear from, from folks over at uh, Trending Ed or, or I'm at uh, Dan Stratford on Twitter. You see me refreshing all the time yeah. over there. But I, I do like consuming good content. And so if you have on learning, on uh, also consuming media, where you see media going, we'd love to, to hear from each and every one of you as well. Yeah, for sure. And stay critical. And just remember, you know, if you're playing with your head up nowadays, you, you almost have uh, a bit of a responsibility to pay that forward. So like, if you do see, if you see something, say something. And if the immediate fast twitch response doesn't feel right, take some time, you know, see what happens. Like lots of windows of opportunity emerge once you get out of the race to be first. So, and with that, you know, it is time to think about your, your family, the people you love and really value everyone, uh, every moment that we have them. And, and yeah, thanks again for listening. We'll be back again soon on trending and education. Don't forget to subscribe, tell your friends and family when you're, when you're reaching out to them to, to, to hug them and value them say, and while I'm hugging you and valuing you, uh, this is a great podcast about what's emerging in trends and education. It's called Trending in Education. And uh, thanks again, Dan, for taking the time. And we'll be back again soon. Yeah.